Hello and welcome to the Stronger for Trails podcast with myself, Matt Buck, trail and ultra running coach and owner of trail running company, Running Adventures. On this episode, I spoke to Sean Conway in front of a live Zoom audience about his numerous epic adventures. Sean Conway is an endurance adventurer, author and motivational speaker who became the first person to cycle, swim and run the length of Great Britain from Land's End to John O'Groats. Let's get straight to it. This is my chat with Sean. I'm really excited um, that Sean Conway has agreed to uh, to come and chat to us all today. How are you doing, Sean, mate? You all right? I'm good, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. Introduce yourself. I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but give yourself a quick introduction. I am the ginger beard of adventure, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm kind of an endurance athlete, I guess, um, although I've spent the last few years sort of taking some downtime and starting a family. But I've spent the last 10 years trying to break records in the endurance world, whether it's first, furthest or fastest. Those are the three things that sort of got me out of bed each day. And uh, yeah, it's led me down some interesting paths in, in the last decade. Yeah, right. Um, and you're in the middle of a challenge at the moment, aren't you? Which is, the, uh, am I right in thinking it's the, uh, the when you're out, you're in challenge? Yeah, so the hashtag we're using is when you're out, you're in. And the, the sort of the concept was get out every single day in January. That was sort of the original idea. So I was working with my sponsors, Echo Shoes, Echo Outdoor, and um, they said, oh, how can we get everyone outdoors every single day in January? Um, Sean, why don't you just try and, you know, create this little community of people? And then I thought, well, that's not super difficult for me to do, to be honest. You know, I spend all day outdoors anyway. So why don't I ha- have another challenge on top of that yeah. um, as a bit of a benchmark and, and, and you know, saying, well, if I can do this challenge, you know, you all can sort of get out every single day. So I'm doing what's called the, the 496 challenge on top of it. So basically on the 1st of January, you run one kilometer. On the 2nd of January, you run two kilometers. And you basically run the date, um, the day of the month. So now today I ran 28 kilometers. And yeah, I've got uh, three more days, 29, nice. 30, 31. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a cool challenge because when you think of it, you go, all oh, right, one kilometer on the first day, two on the second, you're hooked. You know, you think I could do that. But yeah. then you suddenly realize you actually, you only reach halfway in distance on, I've just got, I'm just looking on my board here. I've got it all written down um, on day 22. <laughs> so basically the first... 22 days are the same as the last nine days so it really back ends your month and um, actually I feel good I feel good I, feel, I felt worse on week two than I do now so when I was sort of having to do sort of between 10 and 17 miles uh sorry kilometers a day I was struggling but my body's sort of I think once I hit sort of around day 20 my body was like sweet yeah I know what I'm doing right Right, this is the gig. Okay, this is the gig, Sean. You should have told me we were doing something every day, and now it's uh, it's back in action, and I'm loving it actually. And nice. essentially, I've I've never with running, I've always just gone in straight for the ego stuff, where it's always just like, yeah, can I run a double marathon? Can I run this? And you know, and I've always just like get injured or get into like long term fatigue super early on. 
So this is the first time I've sort of just done a gradual training program and it's amazing. You know? <laughs> and because the millennial in me, because I'm like borderline millennial generation X, you know, um, wants to just like do all the big miles now, now, now. But this has forced me to sort of just chill out, take it slow. And it's been amazing. Yeah, I feel really robust. It's great. Good, good. Yes, yeah, a nice way to do it. I, I, I thought about joining you at the beginning of the um, month, but I, I thought towards the end, where you are now, it's you know, it's tough. But how many? Do you know how many more people are kind of still, still hanging in there with you? So where's my phone? We have a Strava group. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, so and this is just the people on Strava, of course, who've who've joined. But there's. There's still 118 runners in the Strava group. But if I look at the activities of late, there's probably, oh, I'm trying to work out the math here. Mm, it looks like about 20 people okay. who are still, who still have uploaded it. There's probably people still running now though. Because really, you know, once you've sort of got your kit on and had some food it's, and got back and had a shower, it's really four hours out of your day, for me anyway, because I'm a slow runner. So um, there's probably people finishing work and only just getting home now. But yeah, there's actually way more people. I thought there might be only one or two that are going to do this with me, because um, it is time consuming at the end, you know, um, especially these last few days. I live in North Wales and it's super hilly, so like... I'm I'm walking up the hill, so it's adding that extra 45 minutes for me, really. Um, if if it, were in, if it was a flat course, but uh, but yeah, more people have got on board than I thought, which is amazing. And actually, the the whole when you're out, you're in thing has been a phenomenal. We've had nearly 2,000 posts on Instagram from users, sort of getting out every single day in January, which yeah. I think is great. You know, yeah, brilliant. I think we we needed. We all, and I needed, I needed a bit of a boost to sort of see in the new year with a bit of positivity. So yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been, it's been great. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been, I've been doing, like I said, I was going to do your challenge and then I bottled it um, and decided just to settle on 250 miles for the month. And I've got like 16 miles left, but it's been exactly what you said. Great for kind of keeping me focused, getting me out the door. Um, and we all know kind of the benefits, mental health benefits and things like that. So um, yeah. yeah no that's awesome it's really good that, that that's inspired some some people to get out um so uh i wanted to start well we can't we already have started but i wanted to ask you um so going right back to the beginning um who or what uh, inspired you to get into kind of endurance and adventure um have you always been kind of that way wired or or has someone inspired you to do it how did it all come about no, the, the the reason I actually got specifically into sort of endurance-based travel-esque adventures was because I couldn't afford to just go traveling, basically. <laughs> that was like it. So I wanted to, I, I used to be a photographer and I used to be a school portrait photographer, which I did for 10 years and I turned 30 and I just hated it. So I wanted to go traveling. But genuine, I just had no money. I, I, I had a little bit, I maybe could have gone away for a, you know, a month, maybe, maybe two months to go traveling. But I wanted to do a proper year away traveling, which I, I never was able to do after school type thing. Um, but I was skint. 
I had no cash. So I thought, well, maybe if I break some sort of world record in the world of travel, you know, yep. um, I'll get sponsorship. Like, like I'd, I'd seen people like climb Everest and row, row oceans and go to the South Pole and they all seem to have like logos on them, like Microsoft and Land Rover and, you know, these big banks and whatever. And I thought, well, this must be a thing. Like people must come up with stupid ideas and, and there's companies out there who will, who will sort of get behind it. Um, and of course, you know, Britain has been the sort of center, you know, one of the centers of, of exploration in the world for people going off and climbing mountains and going rowing oceans and things like that, right? So it's really ingrained in the British sort of psyche and, and philosophy and, and need and urge for people growing up looking at all their heroes who, you know, live just down the road from us, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a thing, you know, so that's kind of what got me into the the adventure side because no one was going to pay for me just to go traveling for a year. <laughs> so I needed to add some sort of world record to it just so that I could get funded basically. And, yeah. and there was no long, long-term goal, absolutely no long-term goal. The first thing I was going to do, and it was going to be the only thing I was ever going to do was trying to break the round the world cycling record back in 2012. That was it. That was the goal. I was going to go for that. I got funding for that. Uh, to pay for sort of my flights and, and hotels and things um, on the road. Um, and I was going to have my year away and I was going to come back and just get back into back into life, you know, and and, and employment and like everyone else. And um, but, yeah, it, it kind of well, it's it didn't work out either way, actually, because I didn't break the record of cycling around the world because I got run over in America, but carried on anyway, raising money for charity. So it then just became a bit of a travel you know, adventure um, and a charity-based adventure. Got home and tried to get back into employment, but got no got no jobs. <laughs> I literally spent a year going into the job centre, trying to get work, try you know, applying for loads of jobs, and just after a year living with my mum in a one-bedroom flat in Cheltenham, she was like, "Yeah, you need to move out. You're you're 32, I think I was at the time." single living with my mum <laughs> on the sofa it wasn't a good place it wasn't a good place uh, for my mental state or her mental state actually um more importantly actually so um I just thought well let me just go and try and do another challenge and that's kind of that's when I thought of the swim to swim okay. the length of Britain back then so I guess it was only after the swim that all of a sudden I was like oh right well this this could be a thing well actually it wasn't even me thinking it it just opportunities all of a sudden came my way you know all of a sudden people were like oh what's the next thing you know we'll pay for your flights or you know blah blah, blah. so it kind of just snowballed from the swim really so they offered to pay for your flights but you decided to swim instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know well actually the swim itself to pull off was super difficult because that one no one had even attempted anything similar so there was yeah. no one i could ask for advice on um about you know uk tides and currents and and things i tried to get some advice from the sailing crowd and the open water swimming crowd and although they were sort of you know the open water swimming crowd were really good at giving me advice about specifically swimming no one really knew how to swim the length of britain really um so it was difficult to get that one off the ground but i eventually did um and yeah and then that yeah that was four and a half months took which was a lot longer I thought it was only going to take two and a half. <laughs> I wanted to ask, were you, um, when you decided to, to do the swim, were you actually a good swimmer? 
at that point? No, I've, I've never been a good swimmer. I'm still not a good swimmer. Oh, that um, was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can swim. So I had to, I learned to swim at school. So I had to, you know, I learned how to do all the strokes and I can, you know, I, I only breathe to the right. So I can't do sort of the, the both side breathing, whatever you call it. Um, and my technique was, was bad, but it, I still went forward. Yep. But my, my, my pace was super slow. You know, I, I reckon even on a, on a really calm lake, I'm a 45 minute mile swimmer, probably, you know, at a push, you know, and if it's a bit choppy, I'm, I'm you know, my output's maybe a mile an hour. Um, so I'm, I'm really slow, but I'll go for months type thing. So that was my biggest problem with the swim. And I didn't train enough on the swim. I, 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 and it's been my big, one of my biggest re regrets actually, because I, I fell into long-term fatigue so early on, like probably on the second week or the third week. And I never really recovered from that. You know, that, so if anyone's had really long-term fatigue, it's, it's debilitating. You, you just, your whole body has no energy, you have no motivation. You know, a lot of it's diet as well. If I'd eaten better, I maybe would have come out of it a bit better, but I didn't really have funding for food. And the yacht we had um, didn't really have a working stove. So we had a, like a jet boil, which we were boiling up bits of, you know, like like boil in the bag meals. Um, uh, and that was it. So nutritionally, I didn't, it was a bit subpar. But that's kind of all I could do, really, with yeah. money-wise and, and and resources and things like that. So, but it's great, you know. When no one else had done it, you know, I just was like, well, I'll just wing it, you know. And you know, I don't know if I'm doing it wrong because no one else has done it. So it's, that was actually a good point because I, I had no benchmark for how miserable it or, or or not, you know. So when it was miserable, I just thought, well, this is what it's meant to be like, you know. I'm meant to be stung in the face constantly by jellyfish, so. I'll just get on with it. <laughs> and that's why you grew the beard, I believe. That is why I grew the beard, yeah. So quite early on, I was getting stung. And then after about a couple of weeks, I had a bit of facial hair stubble. You know, like all proper explorers, I was like, I'm not going to shave until I really need to. Uh, and then suddenly thought, actually, that's probably not so good for swimming. But then after a couple of weeks of not shaving, where I had a bit of facial hair, I physically just stopped the tentacles touching my skin. So yeah. I, I wasn't stung as much. I still get stung on the nose and the cheeks and the lips and the hands because um, I couldn't swim with gloves because a, a wet gloves, like 200 grams, maybe 150 grams, and that extra weight on each stroke was just too much. So ah, to, okay. Yeah, so I was sort of using my hands, which was so freezing cold. that actually didn't feel the sting when I got stung. So I pushed the jellyfish out the way and it sort of just do this like head turn. But then later that night, I'd you know go to the toilet or rub my eye, and then everything would stink. So, <laughs> oh, God. And did you have the um, the support of um, National Geographic, wasn't it, that um, showed the your documentary? Was that did that come before or after you actually went and did the, the swim? Uh, Discovery Channel. So Discovery, Discovery Channel, yeah. So that was after the swim. So that was one of the opportunities that sort of came my way. All of a sudden you know, these, these channels like Discovery were going, 
oh yeah, you know, what are you doing next? We'd love to send the camera crew because it seems what you're doing is interesting. And I was like, really? <laughs> it's not that interesting following a swimmer, I can assure you. Um, but um, that's when I went, I decided to run the length of Britain. Yeah. I'd already tried it once before, um, soon after the swim. So I finished the swim in November and I started the run the following August, but got injured and then sort of reattempted it the following year. Um, and that's when Discovery followed me in. And I was actually, I actually loved it. You know, TV land gets a bit of a bad rep um, because, you know, there's a lot of, they say, oh, it's all fake and it's all staged. But actually, I was really impressed that I was never pressured into doing stuff that was sort of made up uh, yeah. and fake jeopardy, uh, which was nice because I really was worried about it because I had no control over anything. The deal was they, they would follow me and I would run and that was it, like genuinely. Um, so then I was worried. I was worried that the editors would try and make me out this like Hollywood duh, duh, duh kind of guy and, <laughs> you know, it put all the bits where I was sort of crying into it and make it all really overdramatic. Um, but I think I think I'm really proud of of the final show, and I think it it was a, an accurate representation of of what went on. And I was never pressured into sort of doing fake stunts, as it were, to make the documentary more exciting. It was genuine, and it, it happened exactly as it did. Um, and and people can read the book and find out, you know, that it was in line with it. So um, yeah, so it was good. You know, I, I I did enjoy the process of making visual stories uh coming from a photography background i found yeah. the filmmaking side of things really interesting and i really was sort of getting super geeked out by the drones and the camera guys and 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 even the sound guy you know asking loads of questions and, and they would be like hurry up keep running short i was like yeah yeah sorry but you know what lens are you using <laughs> <laughs> what aperture are you shooting on um so yeah it was great you know i really enjoyed it um and then what I didn't enjoy, enjoy though, however, was just being in the, the after the film, yeah. sort of just being all of a sudden, I just was that guy off the telly. And I have to say that bit was difficult. You know, I just met my now wife and she found it really odd as well, because all of a sudden people didn't know my name. They didn't really care much about me. They're just like, oh, he was on the telly. He must be famous. Can we get a selfie? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously it's a very niche crowd that people are <laughs> into watching long distance running documentaries yeah, the hardly, yeah I'm hardly <laughs> Justin Bieber so don't get me wrong here right <laughs> um, but it was it was you know me I'm just this private guy you know uh, try and keep to myself so you know even if it was like three times a day for me I found that a lot you know um, so I decided to from then is I did another thing with Discovery Channel um, and I then was sort of wanting to sort of do a little bit more, have a little bit more artistic input into it. So yeah. the next documentary I did when I, I did the cycle across Europe, I, I was part of the production for that and produced, um, you know, was heavily involved in that, um, which was nice. It was a little bit more independent. Um, and that's on Amazon, which is also a bit nicer because if it's on Amazon, the whole world can watch it rather than yeah. just being scheduled on a UK-based um, uh, channel, which was, which was nice. So I, I'm really enjoying sort of creating visual content now. And, and it's probably what I'll end up doing. I can see myself becoming some sort of 
documentary filmmaker, you know, when my knees blow out, <laughs> which will probably be in three days' time, actually. Three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, um, for anyone that hasn't watched any of Sean's uh, documentaries, they are well worth a watch. They are very, very entertaining. Um, and I'm sure most people who, who are here have seen them. But if you haven't, go and check them out because they're, they're really, really good. Um, so just uh, to, to stay on the run just for a little bit longer, just because most of the guys watching are probably uh, mostly runners. Um, how did you how did you train for that to, to run um, run the length of Britain or did, did you not? <laughs> yeah, again, I, I probably underestimated. Well, it's weird. I, I, I under and overestimated my ability for the run. I, I kind of wanted to see if I could do a marathon a day, um, but I chose to do it in March and it was still so cold that up in Scotland, especially that trying to do real late nights in the dark when it's like super freezing mm. and trying to get out of a tent every morning was just really tough. And also nothing was open. So finding food, cause it was self-supported so it's really logistically quite difficult on a run. So, because for example, you know, it was nothing had opened in the North coast of Scotland. So some towns I was running towards, I was hoping to run past the town that night, but I was hoping to restock in the town, right? So the idea was to run in the town at night and maybe do another 10 miles afterwards, but I'd only arrive at the town, well, no, maybe not 10 miles, maybe five miles, but I'd only arrive at the town at eight o'clock at night when everything had just closed because it was kind of slow winter winter opening hours um which meant i couldn't restock so i'd have to stay the night in the town and then wait until eight o'clock in the morning before anything opened before i was able to carry on with with supplies so those sort of logistics really held me back a little bit in the, doing it in the winter um and and i wasn't as fit as i should have been but it's amazing i i also wanted to see what you can do in the, in the space of six weeks and on day one I struggled with a half marathon like I really did I I mean I, my backpack was a little bit heavier I probably had a with food 10 kgs which is still quite light yeah. but I, I only weigh 65 kgs so actually it's quite a, you know it's 15 percent of my body weight quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit more than that's optimal really you, you should be trying to carry less than 10 percent of your body weight in these ultras um so yeah so in day one i struggled with a half marathon my knee blew up um you know my technique was terrible because i had my arches were caving which would send my knees in which would stretch the outside of my hips um but yeah but by the end i did a 40 i think my longest day was 43 miles by the end with the 10 kg rucksack um running to Wales to have a pint with a Welshman as a detour. Um, <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, it is amazing what the human body can do. But again, I kind of fall into the same trap every single time. I don't train nearly as much for the things that aren't speed records. So for the sort of distances, records and world's firsts, there's no real speed element other than it being a legitimate thing and not being seen as a holiday. Um, and I never train as hard as, because I've always got so much other stuff going on, you know, I'm trying yeah. to 
trying to do the, the route and get my tracking map all sorted and the logistics and food and you know, all, all those other things. The training kind of takes a bit of a backseat and I always regret it because I don't, I don't enjoy it as much, um, which is a shame. So I'm, I'm hoping like moving forward is something I'm going to do more often is, is just keep on, keep the training ticking over. And I think this is why this January challenge for me is been just a little bit of an eye opener that if I just keep just chipping away at the block, I can get pretty robust without having to go out and do those 30, 40 mile running sessions, um, you know, yeah, just to keep yeah. a, a good resilience. Keep it ticking over. And was there, um, I'm interested to know, apart from the, the shop thing that, you, that you've just explained, were there any other challenges that you didn't kind of foresee um, that happened during that event, which caught you off guard or caught you by surprise? Um, yeah, I mean, loads. The Because I was self-supported, the shoes were, were an issue because... You know, when when it was because it was March, when it was trails, it was trails. So I needed a full-on trail shoe. But then half the day I was running, you know, maybe on the road or I'd, I'd link trails, trails and road and trails and road. And yeah, like the West Highland Way is is all trail. Um, you know, so there was road at the beginning, then trail and road, trail and road all the way down to Fort William. Then Fort William to Glasgow was all trail. Um, Glasgow to Carlisle was all road. Carlisle to through the Lake District was mixture trail road trail road. So I had this real awkward situation of like what shoes to wear. So I landed up actually initially having a full-on trail shoe, which made road running really bad. And I landed up getting these really bad bruises mm. on my heels, and my technique was terrible as well with the pack. And even now I'm leaning back. It's so terrible. It's so counterproductive. I'm like slowing myself down because I'm so used to running with a backpack that I've got this real, and I have my head up in the air. It's so bad. And I have to remind myself now, just lean forward. And all of a sudden I'm running a mile an hour quicker. It's, it's so annoying. Um, and yes, yeah, so I was stomping and getting bruised and that sort of thing. I then in Glasgow swapped for a road shoe and that was good because I was doing a lot of road through the Midlands, but then I was doing the canal paths from Kendall. I mean, I almost entirely did canal paths from Kendall to, to Bristol. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, wow. So I did the, the Kendall Lancaster all the way down Preston. Then I did a bit of road through towards sort of Manchester, then did Manchester, Macclesfield all the way to Birmingham, all the way to Worcester, all the way to Cheltenham. And then I was on the River Severn. So it's amazing. And then the canal paths are really hiss and miss. <laughs> you know, some parts are, are perfect black top, and then other parts are just like mud and sludge. So I was slipping all over the place. Um, and then at the end in Taunton, I swapped, I went into Sports World and just Sports Direct and bought another pair of shoes just for the last few hundred miles <laughs> and uh, and they were kind of a mixture but again not ideal so that was that was an issue you know trying to do that um wild camping was also quite tough yeah because you know when you self when you're fully supported you just when you want to stop you stop and you you know you jump in a car and you go in a hotel and you come back and they drop you off again um whereas i had to sort of really work out where I was going to sleep and with sort of going through the Midlands, Preston, um, 
and that sort of thing. It really was tough trying to find places to camp when I needed to camp. So I often landed up running like five miles further than I needed to, which made me knackered. Or I'd had to cut my day short by five miles, which was kind of annoying as well. So um, yeah, that was a that was another issue trying to trying to overcome. Yeah, and quite tiring as well. It's not just um, the running; it's the whole kind of the whole thing. Yeah, and the other thing is not carrying too much. It was so easy to get carried away in Tesco. You know, I'd go into Tesco, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get some chorizo and some oat cakes and two liters of water and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, how am I going to carry all this stuff? You know, um, so it was real sort of like I was getting super geeky, you know, like at the ordnance survey um map app on my phone which you can plot a route and it tells you distances so sort of plotting routes over mountains going well if that's you know 10 miles and i i'm running five miles an hour but it's a bit steeper so add half an hour i i sweat you know then in that temperature maybe 700 mils an hour of water so but if i fill my belly with a liter of water it means i only have to carry a litre and a half of water <laughs> so it was all this maths going on in my head the food was easy because you can carry 24 hours worth of calories in about a kg a kg and a half really yeah. um, if you buy the right stuff but um yeah the water one was was a lot because you know you're sweating probably going through even in the cold six litres, six seven liters a day really yeah yeah you gotta you gotta find it you gotta source it um, yeah, I had a little. I had a little um, water filtration system. Yep. Which which was was pretty good. So that you can genuinely, you know, fill your water up in, you know, cow dung water, and you'd still not get ill. It still <laughs> tastes of cow dung, I can assure you, but you're not going to die. <laughs> um, yeah, nice bit of flavour to it. Nice bit of flavour. Um, I want to. Uh, just uh, quickly ask you about something that you did a, a, a long time ago, um, which was the cheese rolling. Ah! How was that? Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> I, I gotta go. I should go and show you something. <laughs> you got a big. Oh, here we go. Here we have it. The Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake 2009. I came second. <laughs> ah! Second. This is on my wall in my office is probably one of my most proud, proudest achievements ever. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know if, if anyone's been to the Cooper's Hill um, in Gloucester. It's I've so seen, steep. I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. And have, it, you stood, have you stood at the top? Yeah. And I'm not sure I'd want to run down it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. I mean, when you're at the top, it genuinely looks vertical. Like you, you, you couldn't even walk. You have to like climb up it, that last little bit. So if there's a real steep bit, it flattens out. There's another steep bit at the bottom and then it, it really flattens out. Um, yeah, it was mad. I dislocated my shoulder, which still hurts me now. Um, yeah, I came second. I was gutted because the guy who won false started. So I was like, come on, he cheated. But it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? Um, I got 10 pounds though, for oh, coming yeah. second. And uh, I think my physio treatment in the last 10 years has cost me like a thousand pounds. It hasn't been quite worth it. But um, you know what? Of all the things I've done 
it's the one thing that if my son says, Daddy, I want to do that, it's the one thing I'd probably tell him to not do. Oh, really? Like, genuinely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, because there's no... Like, it's just... It's such short gratification for such potential long-term injury. Like, you know, my shoulder, I had a throw... Like, I ruptured the capsule uh, inside my shoulder. And for two years, I couldn't move my shoulder sort of past 45 degrees from the front it's it's worn off a little bit now and if i don't use it it really stiffens up and that sort of thing but um yeah for, for sort of 20 seconds of of thrill <laughs> i don't know i mean if he goes i, I want to cycle around the world and go through afghanistan i'd be like yeah go do that rather than the cheese rolling i think <laughs> <laughs> um so you're not going to go back and do it again no and i have been i've in the back of my mind I was like, I'm a bit too old now. I'd, I'd just snap in half, I think, if I did it now. Um, but certainly when I was a bit younger, I thought, oh, should I go back? I, I know, you know, I was even, I was researching technique. You know, when I came second, I was so adamant I was going to go back the next year. I was looking at technique. I was watching hundreds of hours of videos on YouTube on how people stay up. And, you know, the, why do people win? The people that win tend to run slower, but just don't fall, you know, and that sort of, and they really lean back. Um, but uh, I think I'll take my second place for now yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, take the certificate to the grave with me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, you've got quite a few um, Guinness World Records. How many are you on now, Sean? Well, I think, well, so actually, officially, only one, which okay. is the Across Europe one. Yeah, because when I applied for the the record for swimming the length of Britain, they just they replied and said, "I'm sorry, we we cannot consider swimming the length of Britain a valid world record attempt." <laughs> um, so that one was sort of nullified, and then the the triathlon one, um, there was some sort of people saying, and I kind of maybe agree with them that I didn't do it in the correct order. Um, that I should have done the swim, cycle, and run, whereas I did cycle, run, swim at the end. Um, and I did it personally because the swim was the hardest bit and I wanted to save the hardest bit for the end. Because yeah. um, I felt if I did the swim at the beginning, the, the rest of it wouldn't be as exciting for me because, oh, well, I've done the hard bit. Oh, what's the point of doing the rest? Whereas having that, that real hard thing at the end for me and, and also just the way it worked with my diary and, and and stuff is is i had to start it in march was it march yeah end of march april which meant i couldn't do the swim it was too cold so <laughs> i couldn't start with the swim um and and yeah so so that one that one sort of was a bit like well he's got the record and and, and this was before fkts existed so i guess i have world records but maybe they're fkts instead i guess or I don't know, do you get furthest known to furthest known distance? Furthest known swim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm interested to know, um, uh, like your motivation. So, um, do the kind of records or potential idea of records, do they motivate you to kind of come up with these ideas and these plans and to do the challenges? Or is that just a bonus and the challenge in itself is, is enough motivation to do? Um, I would say the records for me are, are what I need. They are, for me, they're the carrot. Yep. You know, I, 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 
I'm a bit of a monkey terrier by nature. And I enjoy being a monkey when I'm a monkey. You know, I'm inquisitive. I like to try things. I burn my hands. I break things. I fix things. Um, and, but every now and then I need the terrier mode. And the terrier mode is the thing where I'm blinkers, light at the end of the tunnel. I don't really care about the journey. I'm red mist. I, I need to cross that finish line. And, and for me, that's a really healthy balance for my mindset, having both. I can't do, if I'm a monkey all the time, I get really super frustrated. And I think if there wasn't that world record at the, the end of the tunnel, I would never engage terrier mode and I would get frustrated. My wife hates it because I'm, I'm a terrible traveler. Like I'm terrible <laughs> on holidays. Like we joke, you know, like every year we're like, my wife wants to go on holiday and I want to go traveling with some sort of real difficult purpose in it. <laughs> um, even on our honeymoon, she hates me. I decided, I, I told her we were going to cycle the length of Cuba. <laughs> so we took our bikes out and we cycled around Cuba. Right. Um, and she's like, I just want to chill out, you know, and relax and, and enjoy and visit places and look at museums and do all these cultural things. And I, I just get agitated and, and because the monkey in me is just needs that something to, to aim towards. Um, so I find the records for me certainly give me that, that terrier mode, the engaged terrier mode. And, and I need it. Like I just have to have it, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it's just part of our personality. It's not for everyone, but it really helps me focus on the end point. Like even these, this four, nine, six challenge now, um, I'm enjoying being able to go for a run and do 28 Ks and still feel pretty good and not feel knackered and still come home and, you know, rough and tumble with my son um, without dodgy knees and stuff. But for me, it's, it's all about crossing that finishing line on the 31st. Yeah. Um, and, and to the point of I sometimes even, once I find a route that I don't have to think about, I just, I just keep doing it which is really unlike me. You would think I'd be more adventurous in my route planning, but I quite often find a route and at least I know it, I can turn off, switch, switch my brain off and just yep. do the route and then get to the end and I know I've done the miles. Um, not, not every day. Again, I need that balance of monkey terrier in me. And um, that, I mean, that it, it's, it's a bit hit and miss when monkey decides to become a terrier <laughs> and when terrier decides to become a monkey you know sometimes it's four times a day they swap between each other and sometimes i'm a monkey for months and sometimes i'm a terrier for months but it's kind of the russian roulette of my mind which i quite like if people came into this talk at this exact moment they'll think what the hell is he talking about <laughs> um so I, I there's been a few questions coming so i'm just gonna um one kind of last one for me and then we'll we'll, we'll dive in and see uh what the questions are um what's next if you're allowed to say what's next, what's next on the agenda? Uh, I cannot say, unfortunately. Um, I was due to finish it around about now. So I was going to start it last year and then I was going to finish it around about now. And then obviously everything's been delayed. Um, and yeah, so that one, that's been on the cards. This, this last, this thing I'm planning has been on the cards for a long time, about three years probably now. Okay. Um, so delaying it has just been super frustrating because I've been doing loads of training and then delaying it, loads of training, delaying it. Um, uh, but other than that, 
I'm sort of, so I've got this 496 challenge. I want to do a something in a desert. Like I'd really like to do a desert run with a buggy. So at the moment I'm trying to see if I can do something in the UAE in May and I'm hoping everything will be open. The UAE has been pretty open during, yeah. even during COVID. Um, for some reason, the cases there are low or, or they're, the reporting is low. But anyway, they're welcoming. They're, they have been welcoming. I think they're a bit tighter now, but certainly they've been welcoming people to come in to the UAE. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll see if that's still the case in, in May. And because I think I found there's a really nice about 600 kilometer run through the desert in the UAE, um, pushing a buggy with solar panels and things. Um, I am looking for some fixes because I know there's some sensitive areas politically in that part of the world and some of it, you know, free travel is not entirely um, allowed in, the, in a lot of it. But so if anyone knows anyone in the UAE who's able to sort of give me some advice on where I can run freely and camp wild and that sort of thing, that'd be great. So uh, yeah, let me know. Um, but yeah, that's the thing I've sort of got on the horizon at the moment. Um, I've also got this, and this is again another one just to get people inspired. It's been done before, but doing a marathon in every UK national park um, okay. consecutively. So there's 15, 15 UK national parks. So it's 15 marathons in 15 days. It's, it's not particularly groundbreaking by any means, but I'm hoping to sort of do a route that people can come and join me and, 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 and have, go along for the ride and, and that sort of thing. Um, and what else? I've got so much. I've got such a, I've got a book of ideas. I love it. <laughs> um, the other thing is I turned 40 on the 6th of April. So I'm doing a thing called 40 before 40. So on the 28th of February, sorry, 26th of February is exactly 40 days before my 40th birthday. Uh, so every day I'm going to do something. Uh, and it might be small. It might just be like, right, I'm going to try and do 100 push-ups throughout the day. Or I'm going to go and find a trig beacon. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm going to think of 40 things to do just to see out my 30s um, and hopefully get people to join me on that. So, um yeah, so it's, it's pretty busy. I'm doing a lot running, a lot of running. I'm really enjoying running at the moment um, with, you know, with a, with a toddler running around the house. You know, you can get a lot more from a half an hour run than you would from a half an hour bike ride, I feel. Yeah. So it's, it's great to, to be able to get out on the trails, um, especially here in North Wales. It's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah, nice. I like the uh, I like the forty before forty idea. Might have to steal that. Yeah. So if anyone's got some yet. ideas, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you, it's it's great for any. It gets harder and harder. I might do it every year. You know, eighty before eighty. Whew, yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's quickly let's just see what uh, questions we got here. So, um, uh, I planned to uh, to get the get the guys and girls to ask themselves, but I think we've got a few here, so I'll just quickly run through them. Um, uh, so Ian has asked which discipline do you like uh, or love the most run, swim or ride so uh, well I've just said I'm really enjoying running and I would say at the moment I'm, I'm loving running but I think if someone said you, you had to go and do one, if you had one last big adventure to do 
what would it be? It would be cycling, I think. Okay. You know, it's so cheap to travel far, big distances. You don't have to be particularly fit to, to cover big distances. With running, you have to be somewhat fit to, to run a marathon, right? But actually, a lot of people, you'd be surprised, could cycle 100 miles yeah. if you took it slow enough, right? And it wasn't too hilly. Um, so I think cycling. And, and cycling is the one, it was my first love as well. It's the first thing I did back in 2008 when I cycled Lands and John Groats and... and uh, it's the one thing I'd love to do with, with my wife and kids in retirement. You know, I've had this dream of cycling the length of Africa with all of us, which I think would be amazing, you know, you know, or imagine the whole family doing it, but whether that's possible or not, but yeah, that's, that's the dream. But at the moment I'm, I'm loving running. Cool. Um, a few people are saying uh, where to find your programs. They're on Amazon Prime, aren't they? Most of them are on Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah and i think some are on itunes and yeah some might be on even google something or whatever the google version is but i'm certain yeah i think they're all on amazon yeah, yeah. cool uh, per, uh penny soy has asked why is your clock on bs time bs time bst something about your is clock it, <laughs> is it wrong 10 to 10 what's the time now yeah oh i haven't changed it <laughs> <laughs> thanks um, for reminding me actually also my calendar says it's the 20 oh no oh, my wife must have changed it i got a manual calendar which i have to like it's a wooden calendar i have to move with with knobs uh, you can't really see it there's too dark um so you have to you I have to come into my office every day and actually manually change the calendar i know i always forget i think yesterday it was on like november from last year <laughs> um Favourite uh, food when you're doing ultras? Uh, potato pancakes with peanut butter. Oh, rocket fuel. Good shout. So I, I'm, I'm, I have a gluten intolerance. It's not super serious, but it makes me feel sluggish. Um, so it's really difficult to find energy without gluten in nowadays. Oh, man, it's been real, real learning curve on that department. But yeah, potato, potato pancakes, which are also quite hard to find, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. um, with, some, with some peanut butter. And if you can find a bit of honey, that also works as well. So oh, I, I remember nice. you bought some when we went to the Moor Mountains that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah honestly. Very good. Um, yeah, good. Right, I think we've got time for one more. Uh, do, 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 do. So Becky has asked, how do you come up with your adventure ideas and what steps do you go through to turn your ideas into reality? That's a good question to finish on. Yeah, very good. So worlds, so some of them are, I've thought of myself, but actually a lot, because I'm going for records, a lot of them are, are I'm trying to break someone else's record for the most part. So it's, it's I find, you know, my niche, I guess, is is ultra endurance records that for the most part take longer than two weeks because I kind of only get good after two weeks um, or, or everyone else gets bad after two weeks and I just stay the same, which makes me better. But I can't, I kind of come into my own after two weeks. So I'm, I'm constantly just looking out there, seeing what other people are doing, what records are being broken, seeing if, if, if I can do it some, you know, I think, well, maybe I'm too young and then some I'm a bit too old for now and some, some I'm a good age for now. So it's a bit of a mixture. It's a bit of a mixture for now. 
Um, but a, a lot of it is, is finding records that pre-exist really. And then making them happen, well, there's the financial side. So it's trying to go out and pitch to sponsors and trying to get them to, to back the idea. And like any sport, you know, all sport is funded by sponsorship. So, and, and it gets, you know, <laughs> the, the thing about sport is when you win, it's easy. <laughs> when you come second, no one cares. Um, so, you know, I've been lucky that, that I've been able to at least get meetings with amazing companies who go, oh, okay, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll get behind that idea, which is great. And then there's the training. So I've got to do however much trainings relevant to, to each challenge um, and then logistics and planning and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, it just, I have sort of a, a my, my whole office you can see is, is a blackboard actually. So I, I often have to take things off the wall to draw them. So I take a picture off to draw a graph or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's great. It means when I'm really busy, like this whole office is just like, crazy bit of bit of like blackboard magic and the roof as well I've, i could just write all over the roof oh, amazing. Which, is, which i quite like um so yeah i mean i just i think of it as as a, as a, as any project would would be dealt with you know break it down have tasks to-do lists tick them off and and the hardest one is 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 trying to get the sort of the funding and the backing I don't always try and I don't always get sponsorship for things. A lot of the stuff in the past I've just saved myself, um, which has given me a little bit, a little bit of freedom. But the downside is, you know, sometimes the nice part of having a sponsor, especially if you're raising money for charity, they will do a lot of the legwork and the publicity for your challenge, and then that reaches more people. Because it's often quite difficult for me to do it when I'm out on my own type thing. Um, so and yeah, that's it. Just sort of doing. You know, trading hard and having a to-do list and having blackboards lists right lists blackboards. big fan Excellent. big fan of lists we all need know. to go and order some blackboards off, off yeah. uh, amazon or whatever no just buy just buy this is just normal well it's actually a bit gray just gray paint gray, gray paint. paint paint your walls yeah there you go. <laughs> awesome. right listen sean uh that's been absolutely fantastic thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me uh no, anytime else uh, this yeah. evening. it's been really awesome i wish we could we could talk all night but um i'm sure people i was gonna say people have probably got places to be there <laughs> no one's got anywhere to yeah. be um yeah but yeah it's yeah, been Matt. awesome yeah. speaking to you mate um, we need we need to do one of our one of our another challenges our day trips yes oh, we will. that was fun we'll get one in the diary yeah <laughs> um for everyone else thank you for for tuning in um and coming to to listen to sean um, check out his stuff online, um, documentaries and lots of books as well, um, which you can buy, which are brilliant as well. Thank you for listening. I really enjoyed catching up with Sean and I hope you enjoyed our chat. He was a brilliant guest and you can find him on Instagram at Sean Conway Adventure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and spread the word. You can contact me on Instagram at running underscore Bucky or search for running adventures for all your trail running needs, including trail weekends, coaching, guided runs, and much, much more. Until next time, goodbye and happy running!